This episode of Sick on Cinema is dedicated to the memory of George A. Romero. Sick on Cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sick on Cinema. Episode I, eight. You cut me off, fool. I don't care. <laughs> I was doing our little intro that I do every time. We'll do it then. All right, fine. <clears throat> Start from top. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I am one half of your podcast, Yakuza. John? My God. Podcast Yakuza. And I'm the other half of this <laughs> this not organized at all board podcast, <laughs> Matt. And uh, welcome back. Yeah, I was I was gone for a week. Somebody in this room had to go down to the beach and get a suntan. And <laughs> did I get a tan at all? You're kind of red. Yeah, that was it. I don't tan anymore. You just lobster. Whatever. You just become Larry the Lobster. <laughs> Breathe on you. <laughs> <laughs> it whatever. Whenever I went through that little emo phase back in my <laughs> freshman year, after I dyed my hair black, yeah, my ha- my skin does not tan anymore. You have no longer have any skin pigment, and it is gone. My skin pigment has left, <laughs> and I, I just can't tan anymore. Yeah. You look it. as white as Tyler the Creator in white face. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how he does white face. It's funny, and right? no one talks about it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I, I was I was okay with it. Does but if someone's like just white face, it's like, oh. Well, yeah, because it's way more racist. Oh, I mean, of course. <laughs> we shouldn't get into this. We don't know no. what we're talking about. No, we don't. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock at night. I don't think so. Like 1 o'clock at night. It's like 1046. Oh, well. well yeah, we're doing close. this early because I got work. Yeah. I hate my life. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I guess we should probably like get into what we're discussing today. Yeah. Well, wait, what's today's topic, Matt? Takashi Miike. Takashi Miike. That is right. We're going to be covering Imprint. Is it a Q? And Ichi the Killer. Some heavy hitters right there, son. Oh, yeah. But we got some We got some housekeeping to do at the top here. Okay. First of all, we still ain't got no goddamn emails. <laughs> okay, guys. If you don't start sending any emails, we're, we're going to go to your house and we're going to tie you up. And we're going to force you to send us an email so we can talk about it on the podcast. We're going to do, do you like Jay and Silent Bob and Jay and Silent Bob. Straight <laughs> we're going to come to your house and kick your ass. <laughs> well, we're going to give you the business. But the best way to get a hold of us is sickoncinema at gmail.com. Send us an email. And if you don't want to do that, there's always our Instagram and Twitter pages. Sick on Cinema. Yep. On both. Excuse at me. Sick on Cinema. No spaces, no capitals. <laughs> of course, no spaces, but you know what I mean. No underscores or anything like that. I think, just, I think you can put spaces for. You can underscore and stuff yeah. though. So no, nah, just at Sigon Cinema and you'll find us. Um, uh, a bit of a shout out. Yeah. Our good friend Jason. Oh yeah. Just dropped his first album. Rain Architect. Rain Architect. Let me pull it up just so I get the name completely right. Because God knows I'm we're the most unprepared podcast ever. Yeah, I did. I honestly, I didn't even know you were gonna drop this little. <laughs> well, you know, I like to help out some people that you have to keep your phone away from the mic. It kind of causes a little bit of a feedback issue. 
Okay, sorry. It's Rain Architect, a progression of consensus. You say it. I'm also not a good reader. That's a big problem to me. A progression of conscience, I think that's what it says. Ah. Wait, hold on, let me see. Yeah, I think I'm right. mentally challenged. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yes, go pick that up on iTunes, Bandcamp. I believe it's on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify. So yeah, just go hook him up, give him some, give him some listens. He's so, a good dude, and he's making some cool music. Yeah, he is. Tyler Creator also dropped an album too, but I don't think we, he needs another shout out. <laughs> no. So before we get into this, yes, what have you been up to? Uh usually you ask me this question. So, mm, what have I have been I've been up to? Work, and I have watched a few movies. Yeah, uh, we the void. Oh, that, that's a great movie. It's on Netflix right now. Go watch that. It is awesome. It is really good. Uh, Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness, Tim Ritter, goodness. <laughs> uh, multiple Maniacs, in preparation for uh, a future episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, doing that. Uh, you know, something we probably should talk about is, uh, you know, we're a disturbing, extreme podcast. Yeah. For the most part, but we also cover horror. Mm-hmm. And you know exploitation and stuff like that. You know the the genre lost a biggin. Yeah. Not too long ago, Sunday, this has been recorded on what is it, day Friday? Yeah, I think today's Friday. Yeah. So it was recorded. Uh, you know, it was, it was being recorded on a Friday, the previous Sunday. George Romero passed away. And I when I heard about this, I was quite devastated by it. Right. It was pretty shocking. I mean, he is he was older. And he apparently had lung cancer, which I don't know if any, yeah, we all knew or not. I, I didn't. didn't um, but it was pretty pretty devastating, you know, sad stuff. Mm-hmm. Just uh, maybe give a couple George Romero-related memories, thoughts. Okay, you go first then. All right, mine's a little long. Okay, that's fine. Um, so when I was a young man, mm-hmm. I wanted to watch horror movies really badly. Like, I was like seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there, right? Yeah. I wanted to watch horror movies real badly, but I was a chicken. <laughs> I distinctly remember being in the room we are now. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was just a room at the time. It wasn't your bedroom. <laughs> um, and there was a TV set up, and my sisters and uh, my now brother in law were watching Pumpkinhead. And it got to the part where he is chasing the guy at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Door to door. I, I freaked out and ran out of the room, terrified, like just mortified of this. Tried to watch Tales <laughs> from the Crypt. The Crypt Keeper popped out of the co- uh, the crypt and laughed, and I was like, turn it off. <laughs> Can't do this. Too scary. <laughs> right? Yeah. But the first horror movie I was ever able to sit through was a movie that I didn't know at the time, but I know at once there was one part where a guy turned into a plant. There was a thing in a crate. Uh, and there was a segment with cockroaches, and then later I would find that it was Creep Show. And that movie is fantastic. It is fantastic. It's one of my favorites. But it was the first horror movie I was actually able to sit through without shitting my pants. So Whoa. without George Romero, I don't know if I'd be the horror fan I am today. Fast forward a little bit. This whole goes in like three segments. Yeah. Fast forward a little bit. I get a VHS copy of Not Living Dead. Yeah. I watch it. I love it. What's more of it? What's more of it? But think nothing about it because it's just like, that's just what you did. You get a VHS, you watch it, you go to the next one, right? Yeah. Lo and behold, I'm walking through our video store and I see Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, oh, that sounds like Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> and on the front of it, it says from the director of Night of the Living Dead, George Romero, Dawn of the Dead. And I was like, oh, this is the guy that 
he made Not yeah. Living Dead. So I've watched it, and I'm like, this is awesome. Next to it, Day of the Dead, <laughs> directed by George A. Romero. And I'm like, I like this George Romero guy. <laughs> so he became the first director I really knew as well. Wow, that's that's a pretty cool story. Fast forward a little more. Yeah. Um, Late high school, right at the very beginning of college, I, I kind of got out of horror. I think I remember this. Like you, you're watching a lot of like westerns and stuff, were you? It was more just cult movies like Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, Pink Flamingos, which I still love these movies, but that was kind of my primary focus. Yeah, more so than horror. I was still watching a little horror every once in a while, but my primary focus was just kind of like weird cult movies, like The Beatles' Yellow Submarine was one I watched a lot. Oh yeah, which is not really that good of a movie, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Like I know people like it, and I like it too, but it's really not that good. It's probably people like it because it's The Beatles. Yeah. So, one day I just kind of caught a bug in me, right? Yeah. I was like, I want to look up some horror movies online. So, I go to a website that I used to go to back in the ye old day when I was really into horror, right? Called UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. I used to love this website. I don't know if it still exists. But it would have trailers and clips and reviews and and it would also just talk about what was coming out, you know? So, I, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> So, uh, I go onto the website, and at the very top of the page, there's a big banner. It says, Creep Show 3. The 3? Yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, they made a third Creep Show? I love Creep Show 1 and 2. I need to watch the trailer for this. Right? Yeah. And like I said, at the time, I was not watching horror movies at all, really. So, I go on YouTube, and I type in, Creep Show 3 trailer. And I did not find a trailer, but what I found was a review by deadpit.com. Oh, wow. So, I watched the tr- there was a review, and they shat all over Creepshow 3, because it has nothing to do with George Romero or mm. Stephen King, right? They had nothing to do with this movie. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, they shat all over it. It made me laugh. They had these thick southern accents that I thought was hilarious. And I was like, man, let me see this website. What is this website? Oh, you mean this is a weekly internet radio show about horror movies? Thus, rekindling my fire... For horror. So in three stages of my life, George Romero played a humongous wow. part, you know. Of, of course, my first Romero movie was actually out of order. Mm. I watched Dawn first. Which, that's my favorite, by the way. Yeah, I love Dawn. And then I went back and watched Night, and then we watched Day one day. And you introduced Romero to me. Yeah. <laughs> at a very young age. But you're talking about your first movie ever. Yeah. Your first movie, horror movie you sat through. Okay, I had a little more of a rough introduction yeah. to horror. My the first horror movie I ever watched was the American version of The Grudge. <laughs> <laughs> I was four years old, <laughs> and I had nightmares because of that movie for like months. <laughs> right. And it's not a good movie. No, that's not the thing really. about it. So, uh, would you like to throw out a George? Like, if you could pick one George Romero movie that recommend everybody go watch in his memory, what are you picking? I mean, of course, I gotta go with Dawn. Dawn of the Dead. I'm gonna go something non-zombie related. Okay. So I'm gonna say go watch Martin. I have not watched Martin. Martin is a very, very good movie, and I've always like, you know, I I don't know what came out first, Martin, or the actual serial killer Richard Chase. Uh oh. But I'd be really curious to know because I feel like Martin, you know, other than he's not quite as psychotic as Richard Chase, does kind of oh m- mirror him, so. Richard Case, uh, Chase, sorry. Chase, yeah. Richard Chase is the reason why I feel like 
people with like high mental disabilities and whatnot should monitor. I mean, I'm not talking about like, like debilitating. I'm talking about like crazy stuff. Come on, come in. <laughs> Can I please come inside? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a little bit of reference to the last podcast. Last podcast, yeah. But anyway, we should probably get to the. So yeah, George Romero. You know, rest in peace. Go watch any George Romero movie. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. Here's another recommendation for you: Night Riders. Not even a horror movie. Oh, Night Riders. Just a really cool. Weird jousting motorcycle movie. <laughs> Wait, is it the one with the car? No, it's or, a show. Oh, that's a show. What mind. are you doing? Night Riders okay, is about like these guys. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> they do like this Renaissance flare thing, yeah, and they yeah. joust on motorcycles. That sounds that sounds really cool. I'll it is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. So yeah, George Romero, rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Um, on to some sort of lighter stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's it's lighter in the sense that it's not real. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's heavier in the sense that it's it, it's disturbing. Takashi Amamakai, Amamakai is or Matthew Santoro, the YouTube channel. He calls it. He called him Takashi Mikey. I've heard him called Mikey a few times. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mr. Parker at one time called him Mikey, and we love Mr. Parker. So, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> but, you know, I've heard people call him Mikey, um, Mikey, <laughs> Maka, <laughs> Moa, Maka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard his name said a million ways. I always call, call it Takashi Mikey, and I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced, but I could be <laughs> wrong. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on Japanese pronunciation. The reason about Takashi Mikey is he has such a prolific career. He really is, like. You know, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but he is my favorite director. Yeah. And, you know, I listen to a lot of people, and it seems like every time they bring up Takashi Miike, the first thing that comes up is, like, it's quantity over quality. Yeah. And I disagree with that. You know, because, like, we're going to get into this, but two of these movies were made in the exact same year. And one's over two hours long. And they're both awesome. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. How is that quantity over quality when he can release two movies in the same year and they both be equally as good? Like, I don't know if he writes every movie he makes. No, he don't. But it... Oh, my God. But he's still just an amazing director, man. Like, yeah. if you go from, like, 99 up to, like, 2010, like, 90% of those are good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I will admit that recently he has had some roughy patches. And, and pre... Like, when he started doing, like, odd stuff... Some yeah. of that stuff's kind of rough, like Bodyguard Kiba is one I don't really care for. But like Dead or Alive on, about um, around, I don't know, like Zebra Man 2, yeah. I would say. Zebra Man 2. All that stuff is like, there's gold in all that, oh, you man. know what I mean? So we decided to do his more extreme films, though. And we might go back to some of his latter. I think we will. I think we'll do, like, I definitely want to do the Dead or Alive trilogy. Yeah. And I definitely want to do, like, maybe some of his weirder movies, like Gozu. I would like to do. Zim- I know it's. I know they're not disturbing. Yeah, but they're just so weird. I feel like we have to talk about them. I think we'll Zebra definitely Man. cover Zebra Man. Maybe we can do Zebra Man one and two and Yatter Man. Do like a superhero yeah, trilogy, yeah. you know. But uh, today we're talking about extreme Takashi Miike, and those movies. I think we already said. Yeah, it. we already said. Yeah. So we're just going to jump in in two thousand and six mm-hmm. with Miike's entry into the Masters of Horror. That was banned. That was banned from Showtime, <laughs> which. which Saying that is so strange because mm. Showtime, uh, I, I think I already told the, this on the podcast, me and my friend Doug, which maybe one day he will be on. He'll podcast. probably be on here one day, yeah. 
and uh, we turn on the TV in the living room just to watch whatever. And I guess my grandfather had left it on Showtime, Showtime or something like that. Yeah. And it was softcore porn. Softcore porn. I was like, oh, that 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 that's <laughs> something. So a channel that plays softcore pornography banned this episode. Mickey's too extreme for them. And we'll get into whether or not it was justified, which I actually don't, you know, spoiler uh, alert, no. But <laughs> <laughs> his Masters of Horror episode imprint. This movie by the end of it, it had my jaw dropped. Right. It is a bizarre... It's something only Mike could make, for sure. Oh, my God. So let's get into the plot of this one right here, okay. right? It stars Billy Drago. <laughs> Which is in the oddest acting I've Man, seen. it's weird. Uh, the only other thing I know Billy Drago in is the Children of Corn Genesis. Ooh. Which I've never watched, but I can't imagine it's very good. <laughs> like, this is going to be a controversial opinion, but I'm not the world's biggest fan of the first one. <laughs> I like the first Children of Corn. It's right. I'm, I don't know. Um, I think it's all right, but I, uh. so he's Billy Billy Drago, right? <laughs> oh my God! We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll oh. get into that in a little bit. <laughs> let's, let's get the plot done first. <laughs> so Billy Drago, he's out and about, right? Yeah, and uh, he's looking for his love. He, there's this girl who was a prostitute. <laughs> a what now? A prostitute. Okay. A prostitute. And uh, he he promised her he was going to come and get her and take her back to America and make her an honest woman. Right? Yeah. So he goes looking for her, and he can't find her anywhere. So he uh, he spends the night with his prostitute with an odd face deformity, which just looks like it's been stretched. <laughs> yeah. And he she begins to tell him the story of what happened to his beloved Kamomo. Kamomo. <laughs> yeah, Kimomo. Better racism there. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just, I, I just love Japanese commentary or anything. <laughs> it's so like, so like low vocal and so like. John Baba on New Japan. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, his voice is crazy. Anyways, let's get back to the imprint. Okay. We're getting way off track on this Sorry. episode. So that's the plot of the imprint. <laughs> where so, to go from here? Where do you start with? <laughs> so. This movie was banned from airing on Showtime. I don't know if it ever rerun and they played it. Yeah. But on its initial, like, the day it was set to air, they played a rerun of Masters of War. Yeah. It was pulled from syndication, right? It was pulled from circulation. Um, On one hand, I call bullshit. Yeah. Like I said, because, like, this is a channel that plays softcore pornography and all kinds of other stuff. And they don't seem to care about that. But at the same time, this movie is really messed up. It is immensely disturbing. I mean... So some of the things you got in this film, ladies and gentlemen, you got you got torture, of course. Yeah. You got, you, got, you know, really like reminiscent of like those old geisha paintings. Yeah. Of like the bondage. Mm. You know, very much like that. With some extremely brutal... Torture involving oh, pins and needles. Yeah. And then you just have... I don't even know how many fetuses being dumped into a river. Many fetuses. <laughs> many dead babies just floating <laughs> down the river. And, and just a lot of death. <laughs> <laughs> really not. I don't know. I mean, there's not that much death. There's like two deaths in the whole movie. Death of innocence. <laughs> <laughs> death of my subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so right from the very beginning in the movie, like Billy Drago's on that boat and he's he's rowing 
Yeah. To this prostitute convent or whatever this thing is, you know. It's a weird, like, island. and This, like, red light district kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Like, that initial shot is so beautiful. Like, it's got this blue lighting and it's foggy. It feels like something straight out of an old school Universal movie, you know, or an old school Japanese horror movie as well, yeah. you know. And then <laughs> there's a the corpse. Mm-hmm. The and I love that shot too because I like just that really just like solidifies like, oh, this is what's about to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, that's what you're getting happen. yourself into. Um, it feels very surreal oh, as yeah. well, you know. I mean, of course, it takes place a long time ago. Yeah. But it has like this like strange atmosphere where it feels like a dream the whole time, especially with the way it plays with time. Yeah, because like it'll it'll show the whole story, and the drago will be like you're lying, and then it'll back the story up and show it again. But this time something's just a little different. <laughs> yeah, the story is told like four times. Yeah, it really is like it's very its narrative is very strange, you know. But I like that a lot. Oh yeah, I think it really really works. Um, so I can see it in your face. You want to get into Billy Drago. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Billy Drago. Go ahead, Matt. Okay. His his acting is just strange. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I can say it's bad. <laughs> I I think it's pretty funny though. But it's just so this leads to like one of the big problems in the movie for me. I don't think it should have been made in English. Yeah, it should have been made in Japanese. It's an all Japanese cast except for Billy Drago. <laughs> yeah. And they all speak English. And I think it hurts some of their performances quite a bit. Yeah, I, d- I do agree. But the one English-speaking guy maybe gives the, the most over-the-top performance of all of them. <laughs> His acting consists of... Oh, oh God. God dang you. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> oh. You're lying to me. <laughs> it reminds me of, like... You took like someone like Garth Brooks and got a drug. Garth Brooks. What he sounds like. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Garth Brooks. <laughs> it makes sense. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a really. But it adds to that weird atmosphere of this movie. I think. Also, there's some there's something uh, I saw in this movie. I don't know if you I don't know if you caught on. We didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's one part that scared the hell out of me. Because it's when they're talking. Mm-hmm. And then behind... Uh, what, what's her name? Uh, I don't know. This It's the the chick with it's the... the moving. What? It's the moving over there. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. It's uh, the girl with the scarred face. Yeah. I, I, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The main girl in the movie. Um, Behind her shoulder at one point, you can see a face. Yeah, it's yeah. Very blurred. This out. happens a few times. Really? Yeah. Pay attention when you're watching this episode. Anytime she's talking, look behind her. Oh. Because almost every time something is going on, I won't spoil anything. Okay. But yeah, there's things. There's constantly something happening behind her. Uh, oh, I know. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, it's really good stuff, man. I noticed it once. That's the only time I noticed. It. Well, I noticed it the first time too, and I was like, "Ooh!" So I kind of kept looking, and sure enough, almost every time the fo- the camera's primarily focusing on her, <laughs> yeah, something is happening. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wrote my notes. I was like, "Oh my god, I saw that face." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Most of my notes consist of me just being like, man, Billy Drago's weird in this movie. <laughs> Most of my notes consist of, oh, God, the torture is gross, or, oh, that that's not cool, or Billy Drago, or just Billy Drago. And Billy Drago. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Something else I picked up on, too, and I'm not... What is it? What is it? it? It's really offensive. Okay, we won't say it then. I mean, it's not offensive in something like to the point where I feel like people like, oh, I hate this podcast now. Okay, what is it? Because of the the dead babies. Oh, am I allowed to mention that yet? Or we'll get to that. Just hold on to that. Okay. (laughs) Um, something I picked up on that I thought was really interesting is uh, all the girls in this um little communion thing have a uh, or community I guess I should say all have red hair except for our lead. Yeah. Her hair is blue. It's like this bluish black color. Yeah. Which I don't know exactly what Mike's getting with that. Yeah. And I also don't know what Mike's getting with the small lady with the hole in her nose that goes wait. Wait. <laughs> that that was bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like stop it. <laughs> you know, so like I don't exactly know what's up with that, but I thought that was really interesting. Watching this movie with headphones on is terrifying, by the way. I didn't watch it with headphones on. I was sitting right right here where I'm sitting at right now. I had those headphones you've actually got on right now. And you, those, those headphones are pretty good, right? Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I had it full blast at one point, And then that face popped. It was like, <laughs> <I'm> like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy chick with the hole in her. was like, Beep. Yeah, Beep. I was like, oh, stop. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um... So we get the story of Kamomo and yeah. how like she's accused of taking this ring and uh, she gets tortured even though she didn't take the ring. We won't spoil what happens with the ring. Yeah. We'll leave that for you all to go watch and enjoy. Uh, but I, I just remembered something. Mm-hmm. I was, there's a YouTube channel like, I think his name is like Blue Lava 6 something like that. Blue Lava 6, yeah. He was talking about colors and movies and stuff and what they represent. Yeah. Blue is like a depression, I think is what he said. I mean, sh- could. And red's like something else. But like, I can't say that any of these people are happy. They're all kind of forced into prostitution. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they also have no eyebrows, I don't think. Yeah, no. Well, that's a geisha thing. Okay. You know, that's old. That's, that's you know, that's Japanese weird. geishas. This is like beauty, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, what was I saying? Komomo. She's been. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So she she didn't take this ring, but she's been accused of it. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff there too, with like some dream sequences with Billy Drago, yeah, that I really like, <laughs> that I like a lot. Um, that you know, Kamomo, I think she's like a very interesting character because we don't know anything about her, yeah, but you feel sympathy for her, even though she could be lying about everything mm-hmm. she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, sorry, a little bit of foreshadowing there, huh? Oh well, I don't think Kamomo is lying. Oh, not not Kamomo. Yeah, Kamomo is the is the. Billy Drago's love. I I don't remember the name of the. Movie. I wish I wrote it down because she's really good in the movie too. Yeah, she's really good. She's probably the best actress in the whole movie. Yeah. But she's got the the scarred face, <laughs> and she's great. She's in that scene too. Like when she first reveals it, yeah, it's like legitimately creepy. Yeah, like when she's like she's got her face kind of just turned, and all you see is like half of it, and then she reveals the 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 messed up part. <laughs> he is like, oh, and it is like, whoa, you know what happened? Um, anyways, Kamomo's getting tortured, right? The should we talk about the torture? Should we go into detail? I think we should. I don't yeah. think it spoils it. I mean, I think it's on like, I think it's widely known what happens. If you if you watch the channel Hobart reviews, you know exactly what mm-hmm. happens. So, uh, she's a prostitute, yeah, right? They're all prostitutes. Well, they're all prostitutes. Except but 
whole nose lady. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't want to hurt her face because that's the <sighs> money maker. Yeah. So what they end up doing is at first they're like they're like burning her armpits and stuff, which, which is, is brutal. It's brutal already. But then they tie her up, and like I said, it's very reminiscent of those like, you know, like some of the early Guru stuff. Yeah. Which uh, Guru, if you don't know, is like erotica that involves violence. Mm. You know. Um, some of the early guru stuff, like the geishas being tied up and tortured, you know, very reminiscent of that. And then they start sticking um, these long, like, sewing needles under her fingernails, under her fingernails, and into her gums. <laughs> which is, oh my god, it's brutal. It's so vicious. <laughs> also, I got something else. Mike, what is your deal with needles in your movies? He really does have a fascination with it, right? <laughs> There's certain things that, like, you'll pick up in all of his movies. Yeah, they may not be in every single one of his movies, but they'll show up randomly, right? Mm. <laughs> like needles, yeah, breast milk, Ugh. um, shit, <laughs> 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 vomit. <laughs> These things will show up a lot. You know what I mean? There's also another one, but I, don't, I feel like it'll be a spoiler hmm? to the ending of this movie. Oh. So. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, he also has a very, just to bring it up the ending a little bit, without spoiling it, he has an affinity for taking something that's almost based in reality yeah. and taking it completely in an unrealistic way, but still managing to make it work, you know? I was thinking about that one scene from Each of the Killer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Each of the Killer is like, these people aren't real. You know, this yeah. is huge. This is over the top. This is crazy. That <laughs> happens, and you're like, what the hell? You know? Just like this movie as well, but we'll get to that. The worst part of the torture to me is they have her hung upside down and they're sticking the needles in her gums, oh. and she pisses herself. Yeah, that's and bad. it just runs all over. And it's like, man, Mika is ruthless at times. He definitely is. Um, we get the backstory of our lead, and that's where we get the dumping of the fetuses. Yeah, but she like like it all like I said, it all comes a part of this. Uh, you know this this way the narrative is told. We're like we'll get a piece of the story. Then we'll go back after Billy Drago's like, You're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I tell what I wrote down my notes now since you've told them about the babies? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, they're performing abortions on these women. Yeah. And they're just <laughs> dumping the fetuses down into the river. And I put it, <laughs> I feel so bad. I put in my notes the OG co hangers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass babies. <laughs> <laughs> <Dead> ass. <laughs> um. So without spoiling what happens at the end, I mean we could we could just give the long pause and spoil it. Uh, I mean we can, but I feel like we do that a lot nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't feel like it's necessary to discuss the movie. We can discuss things like with stuff like Bully and A Better Place. That that was necessary. Yeah. You know, because those that those movies build to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think these movies do. You know what I mean? But let's just say that. Something happens with a hand, oh. and the hand has a face on it, right? Oh, Reminiscent of, like, uh, there's an anime called Vampire Hunter D, which is yeah. actually very good. If you're into horror and anime, go watch that. And I'm not a weeaboo, so you can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing about anime is, I mean, as long as you're not obsessing about these characters mm. and obsessing about Japan in general... Mm-hmm. I feel like you're fond of not being in the weeaboo boat. <laughs> the weeaboo boat? Yeah, the weeaboo boat's about you do not want to get involved Yeah, with. but anyways, it's very much like Vampire Hunter D, right? Yeah. And, like, the face is cheesy, <laughs> but at the same time, immensely creepy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I remember seeing a picture. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I just remember the, that face looked just like it. It was, it was, it was a small face on this huge head. It, it reminded me of something Mr. Meaty. Oh, my God. You remember Mr. Meaty? Yes. That's what it reminded me of. Because it gave God. me the same feeling, too, where I was like, this is creepy. <laughs> There's something not right about this. <laughs> Mr. How'd that show get aired? Who knows? Mr. Meaty is a bizarre-ass show. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's imprint as a whole. Let's, let's get into our thoughts. Um, if you know nothing about this film, which, you know... What we said isn't a spoiler. Like, we didn't get into any of the real minute stuff. Yeah. If you go to this movie not knowing what happens, because mm-hmm. the only thing I knew about this movie was torture. Torture, yeah. And I've I seen some screenshots of the torture. Oh my god, it's a jaw, it's a jaw dropper. It's brutal stuff, man. Like it's a, it's, it's really, it's really interesting. I won't say it's great because there is problems. Yeah, there's problems with it, but the, I do dig some of it. The script in some parts is a bit weird. The script in some parts are a bit weird. Um, Billy Drago's performance is weird. What, what do you Sorry, do? Wait for someone to just interrupt. Ain't nobody gonna interrupt them. They do, and we're pissed. But anyways, <laughs> um, Billy Drago's performance is a bit weird. I think doing it in English was a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, I don't think this is a bad movie. No, absolutely not. I think it's a good movie. I think yeah. it's really good. You know. I feel. I just feel like if Mickey would took this movie and he did it. Outside of the Masters of Horror, maybe? It would have been a little better. Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely feel like they did not hold him back. No. Like, they gave him carte blanche, because that is a Mickey movie, you know? Yeah, that's... I mean, that's what they asked for. That's yeah, that's what they, they got. got. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a shame, too, that, like, w- when season two came around, they didn't bring Mickey back. Yeah. Probably due to the controversy of imprint. I mean, I always heard that controversy makes... A con- oh, my God. Controversy <laughs> makes money. Controversy equals cash? Yeah. Then why wouldn't you bring him back? I don't know. But they didn't. And maybe it was a scheduling thing, too. Maybe they just, you know, he couldn't make it. Who knows why he didn't come back. But I would love to see another episode of Masters of Horror done by Mika. See what he could have done. And I've watched two of the Masters of Horror uh, movies they made for him. Mm-hmm. I've watched Cigarette Burns. Oh, probably my favorite director, John Carpenter. John Carpenter. And then I watched this one. And they're both brutal. <laughs> yeah, they're both insanely brutal. <laughs> it's like John Carpenter's most brutal movie. Like, Master yeah. Horror just brought out something in these guys. <laughs> they're like, oh, so you can just carb wants to do whatever you want? All right, there we go. Let's, <laughs> let's just unleash the beast on these people. Right. Um, but Mickey was already doing that. Oh, way yeah, man, so. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, really inter- it's It's interesting that they brought him in at all. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, when I think Masters of Horror... Mika's not one of the first names that come to my mind just because he's not done a lot of horror movies. Yeah. You know, most of his stuff is more just dark dramas and Yakuza movies. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I enjoy his Yakuza. I do too. I love his stuff, so. Which Yakuza movie? There's like a hundred of them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them involve the Yakuza somehow. <laughs> yeah, they really do in a weird way, right? <laughs> Except for this one. I don't think he has any Imprint Yakuza. and the next one do not have any Yakuza in it. Oh, strange. Mm-hmm. But... Our last one does. Oh, absolutely does. Yeah. So, uh, final thoughts on Imprint? I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good, too. I recommend it. Seek it out. It's not hard to find. Oh, no. It, I mean, the message of, message of Horror, I would say it was an extremely popular show. It was pretty popular, man. But I feel like it's easy to find out there. Yeah, I got the whole season one box set for, like, almost $10. Does it come with Imprint on it? Yes. Awesome. It has every episode from season one. That, that, that's awesome. Uh, season two is actually harder to get a hold of than season one. 
I heard season two is not as good as season one. So it isn't. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. That may not be fair to say because there's good stuff in both. There's good and bad in both. Yeah. You know, it's like if you took the bad out and you just put the good together, it'd make one great season. Mm. So, yeah, Masters of Horror, everybody. What do you think about the intro, of Masters of Horror? Very weird. It, it's cheesy, yeah. but I like it. Yeah, it reminds me of like <laughs> what you would get from like a Spinguli type. Yeah, show. yeah, like, I like Elvira. it a lot. It's really fun. Okay, so our next movie. <laughs> it, don't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> our, our next movie is uh, from 2001. Visitor Q. And you know we we always pick these damn movies where the plots are harder than hell to explain. Does this movie really have a plot? Yeah, I think it does. Okay, so basically what you got here is you got this family who could possibly be the most dysfunctional family. In history? Yeah. The mother's a prostitute <laughs> shooting up her. I put up, <laughs> I put in my notes that this is the most dysfunctional family next to the the Manson family. Right. You got this, mo- you got a, you got a, a prostitute mother who's shooting up heroin. <laughs> yeah. You got a, de- a dad who doesn't seem to give a shit about either <laughs> one of his members of his family. No. Who is trying to make it as a videographer, you know, a, a journalist, if you will, who gets raped by a bunch of guys with his microphone. <laughs> Which is unintentionally funny. I don't know if it's unintentionally. Well, not unintentionally. But I think it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> we'll get I, into a, that more as we go. Then you also got um, a, a germaphobic son Yeah, who beats the shit out of his mom with these damn, like, dust beaters. And you have their guest, Q, I guess his name is. I always called him Q. I think his name's Q. So, one day, coming home, trying to do a story about a prostitute, <sighs> the dad is sitting on a train waiting for it to go, when this guy with an afro and a Hawaiian shirt just slides the door open and cracks him in the head with a rock. <laughs> and when does that happen? I was writing something down in my notes at that point. I just I start and I look up and I just see him hunched over. I was like, "Oh, that's that's wonderful." Um, <laughs> and then he's walking on his way home, and he hears something. He's kind of looking around, like, "Like, okay, uh, well, I'm all good." And he gets cracked in the head of the rock with my visitor cue again. <laughs> he stop! I laugh so goddamn hard. And from there, Q kind of oh. implants himself into this family, <laughs> and then chaos happens. <laughs> Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. And everything we've told you about the mother being a, a drug addict prostitute, mm-hmm. something a germaphobic abuser. Abuser. And the dad who's a cheater and uh, just untached. Yeah, uh, uh, untached with reality, pretty much. And this movie's a comedy. It is a comedy. <laughs> it is meant to be funny. <laughs> so, oh. without spoiling anything. Because it, it, you know, it's not a big spoiler because you find out pretty early on. Mm. But once you do find out the little twist that happens at the very beginning, <laughs> right from the beginning, you know what kind of movie you're in for. Yeah, there's little quotes that show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so the opening scene is the guy cheating on his wife with his prostitute. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than that, but we won't get into that. We'll let oh. you find that out yourself. Um, I do have some problems with that scene. I think it goes on a bit long. It does. But but there's good stuff there, you know what I mean? I keep thinking about The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, there's really cool stuff where the girl, the prostitute, is like taking pictures of the guy. Yeah. And I love the way those are implemented. Mm-hmm. Like the way EK works those into the shots. I think that's really good. <laughs> also, the sound effects in this movie are disgusting. They are disgusting. But, um, it's just, how, how do you even describe this movie? I mean, just chaos. Right? So after Q gets into this family, the dad decides, like, because his son is being bullied as well. Yeah. Pretty brutally br- bullied, too. Yeah, it's very vicious. The best part is when they're shooting fireworks at him. <laughs> every day at the what? same time, they come to his I think it's every day they come to his house at the same time, and they just launch fireworks into this kid's house. Right? That's so messed up. It's messed up. So he decides. How did you get the glass fixed? <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, at the same time, um, the dad kind of gets this ideal, right? Oh my god! To do a story to bring his career back after he was raped on air. <laughs> Wait, was it live? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they say it aired. I don't know if it was live. But I'm pretty sure they say it aired. So why would you air that? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! So um, he decides to do a story about a, a son that's being bullied and his dad and how he, you know, how he feels about it. But when the girl won't go along with him, he's he's. He just straight kills her. Yeah. You know? So. At first, I feel like it's in unintentional that he kills her. I don't know. He just, like, straight starts raping her. <laughs> yeah. I, mm. oh my God. This is where things. Like, if it wasn't already crazy enough, this is where things start to go even right. more. <laughs> and we'll back it up a little bit here and talk about the mom character now. Yeah. At first, you feel really bad for her because she's got this limp. Her son <laughs> is just beating the shit out of her. Yeah. Then she's like, oh, she's a heroin addict. And it's like, well, that's weird, you know? And then... God, I don't even know. This one's a hard one. It's a hard one to discuss because it's just so bizarre. Like, when you're trying to put it together, it's like, it's hard to explain why it's so great. Also, I was trying to figure out what... Because this is what he paid the prostitute. At the very beginning, 100,000 yen. 100,000 yen. I had two results online when I looked it up. Okay. 894 US dollars. Good God. Or 427. I don't know. <laughs> Both of those seem really expensive. But the way it translates over is very weird. Because it has 894 uh, period and just a bunch of zeros and like ones and stuff. I was like, what? what is this? Right. Um, I love the way they just invite him in. <laughs> yeah, they're just okay with it. Yeah. It's like he hits him the head of the rock and they're like... <laughs> Just eating dinner together. And he's like, I want seconds. <laughs> yeah. And they're okay with it. So he kind of goes to each one individually and kind of like in a r- weird roundabout way almost gives them like advice. Yeah. But not really. Because like basically what this movie is, is like he's bringing this family back together. Right? Yeah. But in the most disturbing <laughs> screwed he's, up way possible. He's bringing them together by making them individually fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a bizarre movie to talk about because of that, because it's like, you know, what what does he do? Like, why is he there? Like, what is his motives? I don't really know, you yeah. know? Also, I'd like to mention in my notes, I said, if I continue to do this podcast, I'm going to hate kid, every kid I see. <laughs> um, also, another, another trend in all these movies I've noticed... Is that the kids are god dang me? 
um so like God dang it. you know we're talking about like he like the guy decides to do the the uh the story on his own son being bullied right yeah which leads to maybe the best scene in the entire movie they're having dinner right <laughs> yeah should we go back and talk about what he does with the mother first and then get into this the one scene yeah the probably one of the most iconic scenes in this movie yeah yeah probably should. okay so let's back it up let's start this movie's hard to talk about. Well, we're pulling an imprint by keep going back and telling. Yeah, the story. we're going back. <laughs> okay, so they invite him in, right? And the first <laughs> person he talks to is the son. Yeah, right. And he like, you know, he kind of talks to him for a little bit, doesn't really say anything. And the kid, it takes a while for the kid to kind of warm up to Q. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so the mom, as you know, is a heroin addicted prostitute whose life is miserable. Also, like to mention that in the movie you don't really see her do anything super sexual. She just beats this guy. Yeah, which is a hilarious scene. <laughs> yeah, because the guy's like, uh, you know, you know, crippled people they feel different on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like, this is insane. <laughs> so she like comes in one day and and uh, there's puzzle pieces. Yeah. Because she's at the beginning of the movie, she's making a puzzle, and the and son, the son just, just wrecks havoc on wrecks her. it and just beats the shit out of her. <laughs> God dang it! And uh, she falls it, and it's in her daughter's room, right? Yeah. And there's Q. Yeah. And he asks her, uh, "What do you want?" Right. Mm. And I think, like in the film wise, like I feel like it comes off as him being like, "What do you want?" But I don't think I think he's actually asking her like, "What do you want?" From life, you know what I mean? Yeah, because she begins to like you know really contemplate, you know. Because throughout the entire movie, Q doesn't say a whole lot. When he does, it's in the same tone of voice. Yeah, like I said, like I don't feel like when he asks her, "What do you want?" I don't feel like he's like being a dick. I feel like he's like giving her this question, like, "What do you want from life?" Yeah, what do you want? You know. So he's like, "Have a seat, relax, right." And he puts his arms around her, and it's like he's like hugging her, right? Oh God, dang! Then he, takes, it. then he takes her shirt off, and he milks her. Yeah, and it's very gross. Here's the thing: he just messed up the pipe bomb. I get it's a part of life, <laughs> and I have no problem at all with mothers breastfeeding. Yeah, it's part of life. But breast milk really grosses me out. <laughs> It's one thing that, like, when I see it, I gag. <laughs> this scene, for me, is a nightmare. Because it's, like, squirting onto Ew. pictures and shit. And I'm just sitting there, like, <laughs> like, the whole time. Like, I want it over, I want it over. <laughs> I didn't have such a violent reaction to that as you did. Mm. It really hits me in the gut. Like, I can't stand I mean, it. There's something else in this movie that happens, which I don't know if we should talk about. From the beginning. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to leave that a secret. Okay. That that stuff, that really bothers me. <laughs> that don't bother me nowhere near as bad as breast milk. It's gross. Oh, I want breast like shit. I find uh, no mm. boob milk. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I just hate it. Just think about it, John. I just hate it <laughs> so much. Like in Mikay's movies, like it's in so many of his goddamn movies. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your favorite director. I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop it, Mikay. It's really weird. <laughs> it's gross. There's a weird fetishism about it. <laughs> you know, kind of like uh, Tarantino has like a foot fetish. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. Like if you watch his movies, there's like a real 
you know, real feet thing going on in a lot of them when it comes to his female characters. Like, they're always, like, a lot of them are barefoot through, like, most of the movies, right? Yeah. And it's always been believed that he has, like, a foot fetish, right? Yeah. I think Mickey has a boom milk fetish. (laughs) 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 All right, sorry about that. We had technical difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) The batteries... Became dead ass. They were dead ass as hell. Anyways, I know where we were talking about. We were talking about boo milk. <laughs> so anyways, so that happens. That's grass or hell. <laughs> but uh, it like rejuvenates the mother. Like it brings her back the sense of like belonging. You know? Which is weird. Makes her feel like a real woman again. You know? And that's... You son of a bitch. <laughs> anyways. It, All right. it makes her feel like a real woman again. And it's really interesting. You know? That aspect of it to me, uh, you know what? <laughs> you need to get you, you need to get your shit together, man. We're talking about Takashi Miike movies here. Sorry, I hit you in the bar. I know you did. <laughs> I felt it. I sort of threw it over your shoulder. So, anyways, like you know, then the movie kind of goes along, and then you got this scene where the dad is at the dinner table with uh, with Q and the mom. You know, he's already starting to feel revitalized. Yeah. The mom comes in showing her new swagger. Yeah. You know, throws a knife at the kid, which is a great scene. I got too bad, didn't he? <laughs> then the bullies show up. Oh, my God. And they start shooting fireworks in the house, and it's the best scene in the movie. Because the dad grabs his camera, and he's like, he's like, Oh, God! Here they are! They're destroying my home! I don't know how to feel! Here's my beautiful wife! Here, here I don't know who this is! <laughs> I don't know who this is! <laughs> We're an acquaintance. <laughs> we're, we're friends or something like that. <laughs> and, and then just shooting these, like... And what about hits the mom in the head? Yeah, there's, like, like it, they're, like, launching these things in this room, man. And it, it's a great scene, but it looks dangerous. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it, it's really good, but... um, So, after that, he decided, you know, like, he's filming his son getting beat up with this reporter, right? Yeah. And he wants him to like, uh, you know, go in and she wants he wants he wants her to go in and be the reporter while he comes in and be like, hey, what are you doing, to my son? Right? Yeah. And uh, she's not down for it, so he kills her, throws her in a trunk, and that's when the movie starts to escalate into chaos, pure insanity. Because he's like the one, the famous line in the movie, which is actually it's different in the trailer than it is in the. In the actual movie, right? Yeah. Because he's like, when I watched my son being beat up, I didn't know what I felt, but now I do. It wasn't anger. It wasn't sorrow. It was in my pants. I wanted to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. It's the weirdest uh, black comedy ever. It's on the same territory as like a movie like uh, as a TV series like Jam. Like Jam, yeah. They would go they go hand in hand together very well. So if you want to have a double feature, go for it. Jam <laughs> and Visitor Q. Um you know, we talked about it after we watched it. I was like it's what it's equal parts disturbing, hilarious, and it also has a sweetness to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, the family dynamic, when it grows, you do kind of have this, like, warmness. <laughs> but, like, oh, I'm so happy they're, like, happy together now. You know, I'm glad they're... <laughs> I'm glad they're happy, but God dang. But, like, then you're like, wait a minute. You know, like, he's having sex with a corpse. Wait, <laughs> 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 are we allowed to talk about that one scene when he's doing that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. So he's having sex with his corpse, right? <laughs> and uh, he's, like, he's doing it. 
And uh, he's, <laughs> this is going to get a little vulgar for it, but folks, just hang so, with us. <laughs> if it gets a little too vulgar for you, then we apologize, but it's what's happening. So he's having sex with this corpse, and he's like, he's like, what? It, oh, she's getting wet. He's like, oh my God, it's a miracle of life. She's getting wet. And then he like reaches back and he pulls out a, a wad of shit. And he's like, it's not a miracle of life, it's shit. <laughs> She stinks. She smells like shit. <laughs> and then he gets stuck in her. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out a way to get him out. And, like, it's it's family fun, you know? And then the mom has an idea. She shoots him up with heroin, which, oh, my God. His, the, the guy, I can't remember his name. I should have <laughs> looked it up. The father in this film, who's a Mike regular, yeah. is so good in this movie. Like, he's such a <laughs> manic maniac. Friend. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. so good in this movie. His facial reactions are pretty goddamn good here. My f- all the acting is really good yeah. in this movie. In particular, I, I don't know. There's something about Q. He has a presence in the film. Yeah. That, like, you're really captivated by him every scene he's in, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't do a ton, you're always, like, completely, like, drawn into him. And he does milk the mom there, John. He does milk the mom. <laughs> yeah, you better gag on that one. I saw Ooh. that. I saw it in your face. I don't like it. I don't like breast milk at all. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know... He doesn't do a ton, but at the same time, like his just his mere presence there, like changes this family forever. Yeah, they're completely different people at this point. Yeah, when he leaves, they're different people, and when when he does his job, he's out. You know. Yeah, he just leaves. He's just gone. And I brought up an interesting point. Minor spoiler alert. Minor spoiler alert. Um, the scene where he walks in and the sun is laying face down in the breast milk. Ugh. All right. <laughs> he's talking to Q and he's like why did you come here he's like I think I know I think you came here to destroy us and then Q just kind of smiles at him and he's like thank you <laughs> right yeah which we were talking about this how interesting that is because like he's not I don't he's saying thank you because by breaking them down into their pure animalistic nature now he's brought them all back together yeah they're a family again you know but when he gets up and looks up, just a few seconds after he says thank you, Q is gone. Yeah, I, you pointed this out to me because I, my dumb didn't notice it. <laughs> like he's gone, and not only is he gone, but he shows back up with someone else later. Yeah, which leads to the end of the movie, which is weird. <laughs> we yeah. won't spoil that, but it is weird. And I love that song at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, I love the score in this film. I love, this, I love the score in all these movies. It's, we got here. Yeah, it really is. But uh, this one in particular is like super minimalistic. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of score in the movie. Like it only comes in at certain points. And I think it really, really, really works and emphasizes the film. Yeah. Uh, so that's each, that's Visitor Q and its breakdown. Let's, let's talk about our overarching thoughts and reactions to this movie. It's one of the strangest movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a racer head strange. No, it's no, a no. It's, it's a different kind of strange, Joe. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange. It's a. It's a. I hate using this term, but a WTF. Like, is it very much that so? Yeah. Where racer head just like. Racer is very WTF too, but in a massively different one. It's a surreal. Yeah. Nightmare, and one is a, just a bizarre character study. <laughs> yeah. You know of this family who. It's just weird. And if you're, if of course, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably into disturbing cinema. Well, yeah. Who else would you be listening to I mean, this? yeah. 
You're at least curious about it. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're wanting to get get into these movies and whatnot, I don't know if you should start with this one. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if Visit a Q is the best place to start for Mike. Yeah. I think you should start with Audition and E.G. the Killer and stuff like that. I think the first movie I actually watched was Superman. Well, Superman's a great movie, you know. Um, the thing I find interesting is, like, this shows Miguel's range and, like, what he was willing to do back in the day. You know, he would make something grand like Ichi the Killer, an audition, right? Yeah. But he would also shoot, like, these low-budget shot-on-video movies. Like, this is like a shot-on-video movie oh, yeah. made made to go direct-to-video. You know, Miguel, he didn't care about, like, what it was. He just wanted to make the movie. Yeah. Was this was this his original idea or I don't know I really don't know I know he don't write a lot of his scripts but I don't know if he like works with somebody Yeah you know I feel like it is it always is his vision because his movies are so similar Isn't uh, each of the killer based off a comic book Yeah it is yeah. Um but yeah Visitor Q man like it's such a like I've watched it a few times The first time I heard about it was from this guy getting my shout out here his name's Ben Mays uh, he he's been a zombie on Instagram. Oh. Go, go give him a follow. Yeah, Good dude, like him a lot. Uh, he was a huge. We started talking at a blockbuster one time about Takashi Miike, and how we were both huge fans of Takashi Miike. And he's like, "Man, have you ever seen Visitor Q?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Dude, it's the most weirdest disturbing movie ever made." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like, and it it's up there. Yeah. So immediately had to track it down and find it after that. So shout out to him for, you know, opening my eyes to Miike I'd never seen before. Yeah. So I've seen it before, and I've seen it a few times, but there was something about this watch, though, that it just struck me in the right way. Where, at the end of the movie, man, I was kind of, like, just sitting there, like, watching the credits roll, being like, that was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was awesome. Yeah. I, I guess it's because we, have the, we observe and we take notes on everything, and you have to pay, like, really close attention. Mm-hmm. Where if you're watching, a, like, a movie just, like, hanging out with friends and stuff, you're talking to them... And of course, you probably you you probably on your phone every now and then. Yeah, which is kind of the problem with movies. It really nowadays. is. There's so many distractions nowadays yeah. to keep you from watching movies. That's why I really like doing the podcast because it forces me to pay attention, pay attention, and watch the movies. But you know, Visitor Q, like this time, there was just something there. I don't know what it was. I can't quite put my finger on why I liked it more this time than I ever have, which I always did like it. Yeah, but this time I was like, this is one of Mike's best. I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's such a bizarre film. Yeah, it gets its reputation for a reason. Yeah, it is disturbing and disturbing in a way where it's di- it's a different kind of disturbing because it's dis- disturbing in the fact that it's making you smile and laugh at these certain things that you're like that ain't funny. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like I shouldn't be laughing at that, but it is funny, and you can't help it. And a lot of things that happen in this movie, especially The Rocks, <laughs> yeah, is almost done in a slapstick kind of way. It really is. It's almost, it's almost om- like reminiscent of The Three Stooges. Yeah, in a weird way it is. Um, it's more violent. But. Yeah, it's like a really like it's it's like if The Three Stooges involved necrophilia and <laughs> and violent and child death and. <laughs> All kinds of chaos. This movie's like if you took the the Three Stooges and put them on meth and cry. <laughs> yeah, Visitor Q, oh man, like I really feel like, you know, go out there and get it. Yeah, yeah as, I said, as I said earlier, if this is your introduction, I don't know if it's the best Yeah, one. you know, maybe you should, like I said, maybe we should start with, you start with our next movie, E.G. the Killer. Yeah. But, 
you know, definitely eventually wanted to get to Visitor Q and yeah. give that bad boy a watch and have your mind blowed. Of course, well, like a lot of things in movies, like we earlier, we're talking about George A. Romero, and he said that was your introduction to horror movies. My, my, whenever I tend to jump into something, I jump in, like, head first. Right. I mean, maybe some people want to do that. Maybe they're like, you know, eat, but, like, I feel, I feel like you'll get a bad, like, because Visitor Q feel, like, feels like a really good Daski Yamanashi film. Yeah. You know, not, no disrespect to Yamanashi. I like his movies a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's what it feels like, you know. It's shot on video. It's very low budget, but it's, you know, Mike's take on that, so it's better. Yeah. You know, no offense to Yamanashi, I think he's a good director too. But like Mike is just a superior. Yeah, you, I mean, he's your favorite director. Yeah, he's a superior talent. You know what I mean? So that's what it feels like to me. It feels like a really, really good, well-made Daski Yamanashi film. I'm pretty sure the first disturbing movie I ever watched was I Spent on Your Grave. Hmm. Which I feel like that's, that might be a, a little bit of a good introduction. Then I followed that up with Snuff 102. Mm, that's weird. <laughs> and then August Underground. Yeah, that's and weird. Mortem. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Visitor Q, man. Really good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Same year. <laughs> the same year. Same year. He comes out with this masterpiece. An absolute masterpiece. And a movie that really, in all honesty, we don't even have to cover because... Everyone knows it. Everyone either loves it or hates it. If you've heard the name Takashi Miike, there's two movies that go to his name that you will know. Yeah. Audition yep. and Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer. Koryoshi Ishi. One. I don't know what the one is. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I drew it on my notes, and it, all, it made it look like it said Ichi the One Killer. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I don't know. Um, either way. So, based off a of manga. Yeah. Of the same name, Ichi the Killer. At its <laughs> basis, it boils down to this. There's a man named Ichi and a guy named Kakihara. And, and they're, they're destined to meet. <laughs> they're destined to battle. That's yeah. a, it, at its core. Of course, we're going to get a little more into it than that. So basically what happens is the film starts with uh, the Anho gang. Yeah. Um, Everyone's afraid of. Yes, they're like the biggest, baddest Yakuza gang in the world. Around the world, but in Japan, <laughs> there's not many yakuza's in America. Hey, I don't. Is there? <laughs> I don't know. There could be yakuza, in, you know. But uh, they're the big baddies, and uh, one day their boss goes missing. Yeah. And Kakihara, who is played by Tobarano Asano, and oh my god, his performance! He's so movie. good. Like he's so good in this movie. He's so uh, he's iconic. Yeah. He's got the bleach blonde hair. He's got the scar down the eye. The scar over the nose, and of course the split mouth. And my God, I gotta say, in all in all the movies I've watched, he's one of my favorite characters. He's so iconic, man! Like that look. He, it's such an iconic look. It's so good, like it's amazing. It's up there, in my opinion, of when it comes to like character looks. Like, of course, to make a character iconic, you have to have him have a great look. Mm-hmm. It, it for me, it's up there with like a Jason Voorhees almost. I think it's like the Joker. I yeah, think it's as good as like the Joker, the Joker. You know. I think it's as good as the Joker. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's definitely, part of his character is the Joker. Yeah. You know. But anyway, so the boss goes missing, and they begin to hunt down and try to find the boss when everyone's like, he's dead, or he's run off with the money with this girl, right? Yeah. He meets up with this man named Gigi, <laughs> played by a man that we've actually covered his movies on this podcast. Oh, really? Shinya Tuskimoto. The really? man who directed Tetsuyo. Really? Yep. That's Shinya Tuskimoto. Awesome. And he does a great job in this movie, by the way, at GG. Oh, yeah, he does. They meet up in this club, 
and he's kind of like, oh, I got information for you. <laughs> and he tells him that uh, these guys, um, this guy uh, kidnapped Anho because of uh, cutting them out of the porn ring. Yeah. And then we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but what you begin to learn is that Gigi and his gang, which consists of two other guys and Ichi, are former Yakuza members who've been expelled. And he has Ichi doing his dirty work. Yeah. And, like, that's where their motivation is coming from, is that they're wanting revenge Yeah, for being expelled from these gangs. That's where we introduce Ichi. Yeah. <laughs> this plot is huge. Yeah, it's a huge plot. Yeah. Ichi is a mentally unstable, uh, psychotic, <laughs> yeah. simple-minded, also, yeah. young man who is brutally good at martial arts. Yeah, it's, it's insane how good he is at it. As a young man, he was, or maybe wasn't, bullied. And forced to watch as a girl who stood up for him was raped. Which, uh, the flashbacks are a little, hard, hard, a little hard to watch. They're shot very gorilla. Like, they're yeah. very, like, almost shot on video-esque. And it's, it's weird. So, you know, once our key players are intertwined, we slowly start to bring them together until the final battle. And, oh my god. And the final battle ain't what you think it might be. But we ain't gonna get into that because that's a yeah. spoiler. We don't want to spoil. <laughs> so yeah. Right from the very first part of this movie, you know what you're getting yourself into. Just like Visit the Q. Yeah. It starts with a guy beating his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Brutally beating her too. Like not just like slap, slap, slap. Like sitting on her punching. chest and punching her. Right? And he hears something. He looks outside. He thinks he catches a glimpse of somebody. Yeah. And lo and behold, it is Ichi. Um, but he runs away before he gets out there. There's some kind of strange... What the hell is this liquid on this plant? You know it, what liquid is. It's jizz. <laughs> and the <laughs> name of the movie rises out of the jizz. <laughs> yeah. And that's the very first thing in this movie. God dang it, BK. I mean, is there a better way to start a movie out? Is is <laughs> Is there a better way to start this movie out? No. No, absolutely not. Uh, the soundtrack in this movie is fantastic. So good, like it's phenomenal. And Kakahara's <laughs> ringstone is also the same. It is the same, yeah. The cast is great. Oh, uh, of course. Like these are things we talk about as the overarching, but I feel like we should just talk about it now. You know, what I mean, everyone knows he's a killer. I mean, I don't think there's a bad performance in this entire movie. Um, what was you saying? <laughs> what were you saying? Bad performance. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was reading something in my notes and I was trying to figure out it. Dude, what is this? So this oh, okay. I don't want to talk about it now. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so, after Anho is... What we learn is actually he's not been kidnapped. He's been murdered by Ichi. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Gigi and his group go in afterwards and clean it. Uh, oh, my God. That's when we first see Kakihara. And his appearance in this movie, like, just his presence in this movie is just, I don't know, something about it. I really feel like, to me, even though it's not quite as, like, iconic as in the fact that less people know it. Yeah. I feel it's ever bit as good a first introduction into a film as something like when James Bond was first introduced. Yeah. 
because he's standing there, and you just see the back of his head, and he turns to the camera, and he blows smoke out of his oh slits in his mouth. And it's just, it's so awesome. You know what I mean? To me, that is just <laughs> as good as him being like, well, who are you? Well, I'm Bond. I'm James Bond, you know? Mm-hmm. To me, that's just as good as that. God. That made me biased because I absolutely love this movie, and I love Kagihara's as a character. Yeah, I do too. You know, we, we meet up with um, Karen eventually. <laughs> Let me my. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty damn hot, but <laughs> um, that's a meme. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, yeah, go look at that up. Um, <laughs> so just keep going. Kakihara, you know, Karen was Anho's woman. Yeah. So he meets up with Kakihara. Karen, Karen and Kakihara meet up. And when I wrote my notes that I was like confused about what I was talking about, but then I figured it out, um, is that she goes back and forth between English and Japanese yeah. and very well. And it, it's it's impressive. It's really impressive. It has to be so hard to give your lines in both English and Japanese and give it in a way where it's not weird or awkward. It works, you know? Like I'll, There's points where I'm, I wonder, like, did they bring another actor here? or I don't think so. That's crazy. I don't know what it is. Um, Ichi. You know, what can you say? The guy that plays Ichi, first of all. I believe his name is Wantanabe, is it not? <laughs> Wantanabe. Which is evil. Evil. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is evil. <laughs> but don't worry about that. That's the wrestling talk. <laughs> God dang it. We're, we're ruining this podcast. <laughs> Ichi. You know, Ichi's psychology is so fascinating. Yeah. Especially when you start learning things about him, which we weren't, I don't want to really spoil too much. You know, yeah. when you get into, like, the false memory stuff. Yeah. His mental state is almost, like, if you read about serial killers, that's, that's how it is. Like, he much. doesn't want to kill people. Yeah. He hates bullies. He does. But he doesn't want to kill people. But at the same time, he, has, <laughs> he gets a hard on <laughs> through violence, you know? Yeah. Gigi and really manipulates him into doing this. In in a, in a way, it's very disturbing. It is very disturbing. This movie's very disturbing. It's one of Miguel's most brutal movies. Oh, oh yeah. And the first big brutal, just brutal scene is the, uh, the torture scene. The yeah, the famous tempura scene. Oh my god! When Gigi tells him about the other gang member kidnapping Anho, he's like, "Go get the tempura, you know, go get some shrimp." Yeah. And uh, when he comes back, he's suspended him. And he begins wow. to torture him with his needles. Of course, needles. Needles. <laughs> needles are back. <laughs> he, yeah, he hang he hangs him up with he, these hooks. Human suspension, back. right? Yeah, which a lot of people say is actually like a lot of people who are into that enjoy it. Well, Anho clearly is a sadist, or not Anho, uh, Kagihara. Yeah, it's clearly a sadist. Sadist, masochist, whatever. Yeah, you know, he enjoys pain, both giving and receiving. Yeah. So, this is his setup, and this is what he's into. Oh, my God. It's brutal. He begins to torture him with the, the, the needles, and, he, and he's sticking them in him through his mouth and through his chin. Then he pours the boiling hot oil. Yeah, and that that seems very brutal. It's brutal as hell, man. And uh, how they did it was fantastic, because they showed like, a shot of his back. It looks great, all right? Yeah. But I do have a massive problem with it. Sorry, God, like that's already. And this is gonna sound weird. Okay. The ass of the prosthetic. Where is his ass? <laughs> I even had that written in my. I even had that written in my notes. I'm like, where is the ass? 
it's it's just a weird like 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 there's kind of a crack, but it doesn't go down. It's just like flat, and it's like a slab of meat in between his butt cheeks. It looks really bizarre. Everything from the ass up looks great. Yeah, like phenomenal. But the ass it throws me off every time I watch that scene. I'm like, this doesn't look right. <laughs> I see. I, I know what you mean. I but I didn't pay that much attention to it. So I was just like, I was like, that's weird. And then. The torture begins. It's like, oh god. Um, we also have a bodyguard character, which I have his name written somewhere. But I was if I can find it. <laughs> we're still talking about the plot, pretty much here. Yeah, I mean, like this movie's humongous, but we're getting into our thoughts as we go. Yeah, which I think is the best way to do this movie. Um, a bodyguard who uh, lost his gun. Oh, um, hold on. Taka something. Taka Michinoku. No, <laughs> no, no. Come on, wrestling, John. Um, Kaniko. 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 Okay. Um, and his son Takeshi. And his son Takeshi, Takeshi. which is close to Ishi. Hmm. You think about that? Yeah. I don't know if you thought about that, but anyways, you know the parallel between Ichi and his story are very interesting. Oh yeah. Like as you follow it, it's like this 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 is interesting storytelling right mm-hmm. here, you know. And Kaniko, like he he was a cop that lost his gun, and he was brought in by the Anho gang, and um. To be a gunman. <laughs> to be a gunman, yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Kakihara um, kind of has a resentment towards him in this movie. <laughs> a little bit. But he also respects him because he's like, well, you know, I'm only here to revenge the boss. Yeah. Uh, and Kakihara respects it. But he also has a, like a a, uh, a resentment to him. And I feel like the resentment comes because Kakihara is in love with Anho, the boss. Yeah. But not in love as in like, a homosexual relationship. Or as in the movie, as it says, that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. Where's it at? <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> Come on, Matt. God dang it. Oh, oh, Matt, come on. I'm looking for it. Shut up. How can you not have this? <laughs> Where is it? Oh, no, oh, there it is. Okay, not in the type of, not in the type of way where you admire his balls. Yeah, he's like, he's like, not because you're queer for him, or because you admire his balls, <laughs> because you like the pain he does. That seems very good, by the way. It is. Good. The t- it's really weird. Yeah. And after he tells Kagihara, he falls back in this pile of feathers. Yeah, I actually have that written in my notes too. So like, eventually they they find the first guy of the Gigi gang when they start to pick the pieces together. Like, yeah. This guy lied to them, right? It's because it's a former member of the gang <laughs> who had a face job, which I love that because it's a running joke. We're like, well, why'd you choose that face, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, they find him in this hotel room after they get a tip about where Gigi went. Yeah. Because, of course, the other gang was like, what the hell? Why did you torture our member? <laughs> you know? Yeah, why'd you do this? And Kagari cuts his damn tongue off. Oh, God. Um, that seems brutal, too. It's brutal. And I love the fact he's just like, if I just keep talking, it'll be okay. Yeah. Um... So he goes in, and they find him, right? Mm. And uh, he's in a TV, and he's like, I just taped him in there to keep him from running away. <laughs> and that's when he How reveals to <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's a heroin addict is what I was getting at. Yeah. You know, he's a smackhead who wants his fix. Um, But uh, Kakihara, I love this scene when Kakihara finds out that Anho is dead. Yeah. Like, it's shot so well, he just falls back into those white feathers. And he just slowly raises up the needle, and you know what's going to happen. Like, you don't got to see it. You know, it's great. Oh, God. It's such a good scene. The movie's great. Yeah, the movie is great. Like, we're 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 
verbally filleting Ichi the Killer quite a bit here. <laughs> we are. What are some problems with Ichi the Killer? Uh, maybe the plot's a little too... It's a bit long. Yeah. I find the plot's a little too huge. And sometimes confusing. Yeah. Like, there's certain moments in the film where I'm like, I don't exactly know what's happening right now. Because eventually these two detective brothers show up. I don't know how they're related. They're so bizarre. In another vicious scene, man, when they have the girl's nipples, like, stretched out, and they just run the razor blade over them. That's brutal. I love the scene, too, but I don't want to spoil that because it's a spoiler. But (laughs) (laughs) it involves the two brothers. You know what I'm talking about. It's so funny. Um, One of my absolute biggest problems with Each of the Killer, and I love this movie, so don't get me wrong when I say this. Yeah. The CGI is pretty bad. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's some cool kills, like when he splits the guy completely in half. But the, but the when he falls away, the CG just looks so bad. It's so dated. Like I don't know if it looked good then, but it sure don't now. It hasn't aged in a world well. where James Cameron's making a movie right now that the CG looks almost human like. Yeah, right. CG's gotten to a point where it's it's disturbing because you watch that one, uh, I guess anime like. Oh, uh, yeah, Gantz or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> um, yeah, each of the killer, man, like, it's a it's a vicious, violent roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's a disturbing film on an epic level like most people couldn't do. I think I've said the word yeah too much. Yeah. Yeah. You're like Mayweather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hard work. Hard work. <laughs> Four Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, each of the killers is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, God dang it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, each of the killer is a uh, is a uh, massively scaled, disturbing movie, which is something you don't get a lot. You know what I mean? I don't want to say yeah again. <laughs> I'll say yes. Yes. Okay. Like most, I say like an um a million times an um, episode. I've just learned to deal with it. <laughs> okay. You 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 see these disturbing films that are usually very low budget, and like confined, mm. but this one is is massive. Like there's so many people in the movie, there's so many locations and sets and effects and, but at the same time there's rape and and murder, murder and torture and. I mean, the sexually only- arousal by violence yeah. and. The only other movie I've seen that has something like this is Serbian film. Serbian film. Yeah, absolutely. And Serbian film's budget had to be huge. Yeah. Because the camera quality is great. Yeah, the, the way they shot that movie looked beautiful, you know. And the effects look great, but that movie's not beautiful. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing with Each of the Killer. You know, Each of the Killer yeah. is a super violent, mean-spirited oh, yeah. at times. It's... Brutal. It's, it's like the most disturbing superhero movie ever made is what I've always described it as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's a good way to explain, explain you know. how it is. And dur- <laughs> I was trying to keep up and write notes while doing this, by the way, because I was just okay to maybe watch the movies. And watching this movie because this movie is my favorite out of the three. Me too. But I don't know how many times I wrote the word "dead ass." <laughs> dead ass, son. Because <laughs> there's a murder somewhere in there. I was like, "Dead ass." <laughs> then a couple, a little later on, he is now dead ass. There's a certain, and another thing about this movie that's really interesting too is like, it'll be kind of normal. Yeah. And then something really weird will happen. <laughs> like the scene when, the, when Karen and Kakihara pull the guy's face. Yeah. And like stretch it. 
Evans, that was weird. It's like what? <laughs> you know, like it's 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 weird. It's disturbing. It's funny at points. It's mean spirited at points. The performances are awesome. The soundtrack is great. The directing is awesome. I mean, like this, it's just great. Like it's hard to say why, but it is just. Great. I have to tell what my favorite scene of this entire movie. Go for it. And you know what this is going to be. Maybe. Okay. One of the crew members spot Gigi. Mm. And he goes. Oh my god. He goes after him. And when this is one of those examples of like when the movie like like what the hell is happening in this movie? And at first Gigi's running away from him. Yeah. And then the and then Gigi's like no. And then he hits him. I think. And he starts to play doctors to the floor. He starts undoing his jacket, which he never takes his jacket off or anything in the entire movie. When he takes it off, he's sculpted like a goddamn statue. He's like a freaking six-foot bodybuilder yeah, underneath this, his... He looks like Hulk Hogan in his prom. Yeah, it's the <laughs> weirdest thing ever. And the effect, the way they did it, the CG they used, yeah. isn't good. Like, no. his head's kind of just, like, moving all over the place because the yeah. tracking's all weird. But it just adds to the like the surreal <laughs> weirdness of this film. Where all of a sudden this guy's just like, Hoo! the first time I ever saw that I died, and he pretzels him. That's the best part yeah. of it. Like he just like <laughs> breaks every bone in his body, and then damn the detective picks his up and he's like, oh yeah, he's dead, and like just starts shaking, shaking him, him, and his head's like flopping around. Oh my god, this movie is so good. The two detectives that are friends with Kagihara, I mean, just in their own. Yeah, they're both just unreal characters. So weird. Like, one of them puts on these ears <laughs> and just starts, like, smelling this girl. And it's like, oh, I know exactly where we find the guy at. And they found him. And they found him. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, like, Kaka, like, of course, like, Kakihara is just such an iconic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really feel like of the like the early 2000s, he's one of, like, the big heavy hitters. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. He's like when I when I think of like iconic villains in films, Kagihara is definitely up there. Although like in each of the killer, like who is the good guy and who's the villain? I don't honestly know. I don't think there is. You know what I mean? Gigi? I don't think so. I don't think his motives are good. No. You know, I think it's all selfishness. I mean, and all the other sympathetic characters you have in the movie, of course, there's the father. The bodyguard, yeah, Ganiko. He's the only guy I feel like is like. But he's in the Yakuza. Yeah, but he's not necessarily a good guy in his own right. You know, what yeah. I mean? he's pretty neglective of his son. Mm. You know, so he's not really a, a, a great person either. Every every sympathetic character you get in this movie is not very sympathetic. You know, Ichi's like, you know, he, he's been manipulative and stuff, but at the same time, he is like this. He's messed. He's up. a psychopath. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't even know it, but he's a psychopath. <laughs> And some of the kill scenes in this movie are brutal. Rough stuff, man. Like, really brutal shit. Ichi murders his people yeah, he in <laughs> spectacular fashion. The best one, and it's the point where the CGI actually works really well, Yeah, is when the f- he, like, cuts that guy's face clean off, oh, and it yeah. slaps up against the wall and slides down. Yeah, that's one of my favorite That looks things. great. But there's also stuff where, like, 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 he splits a guy completely in half. That does not... Looks so good, and there's like some CG blood they use and stuff in certain scenes too, and that looks like looks real rough. But there's great arterial spray. Like this is one of the movies that brought arterial spray back to the mainstream. I feel like you know, with the like he'll cut the next like you know, and it's it's really cool. Um, the the finale is like it's not what you expect. 
No, but it's still amazing. So, yeah. I mean, each of the killer, man. What do you say about that movie? It's a movie. I don't, I don't know if we did a very good job covering any of these movies, to be honest with you. But I feel like we're all off our game enough for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> you can let us know at sickoncinema.gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, can give us, you can give us a one-star rating on you. On, I, I, on no, no. We want five stars. <laughs> but anyways, each of the killer. You know, to wrap it up, man, it's just like, it's a, it really is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's two hours and something long, but, like, it's just so captivating that you never want to look away. I haven't seen all of Mickey's films, but out of what I have seen, this is my favorite. I think it might be my favorite Mickey film, and I've seen a lot of Mickey oh, movies, yeah. you know? So, it's just good, man. It's just so good. It's one of those movies you have to watch to believe it. Mm-hmm. I remember you trying to explain to me this movie a long time ago. I was like, I don't get this. And you know, the like, first time I watched it, I didn't get any of it. Like, it was over, and I was like, huh. what <laughs> was that? You know, like, what happened? Like, who, what? I'm so confused. But it's so good. But you, but I knew there was something there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because normally I'd be like, I didn't get it. That was weird. I don't understand what happened. Whatever. It's definitely a movie you have to take a couple of viewings to, like, understand. But that's what I was going to say. Oh, like... But like immediately watched it again. Yeah. You know, and, and then it's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to put this together yeah. a little more. You know what I mean? Because the narrative is, Mike in general is very loose with his narrative. <laughs> yeah. You know, the narrative isn't as important as the visual storytelling and the characters to Takashi. So, something we haven't talked about is how good his camera work is in these movies. Oh, he's great. And there's one scene in particular that I think of is whenever they're going up the stairs to confront that woman, mm-hmm. and when he's falling up the staircase. Yeah, I'll, I don't know what it is with this scene, but I I just love it so much. There's that great shot too, right before it, right before Cucky Hard cuts his tongue off. Yeah, where the camera like runs down this alleyway mm-hmm. and like it's, and it ends right in his mouth. Oh yeah, that's a great shot. It's it's such a good movie. I, I mean, I keep saying that, but god dang, it like is. it was over, and I was like, I could totally just push play again. Oh yeah, and watch it again. And I, I almost did. It's it's just that good. Like I watch it all the time. But I know I know if I did by the time you got back, <laughs> we had the we had the podcast. So. But yeah, each the killer man. If you seek out any of the three movies we talked about tonight, this one. It's just a it's a shame that in America and I don't know anywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. The only good edition of this movie that we've ever had really was the blood pack edition. Yeah. Where it was like a blood bag, and then oh, it cool. slipped into it. Yeah. But it was really tight and hard to get your DVD in and out of. Oh. But even then, it was a Shriek Show release, and the, and the, and the special features are kind of weird. Like, they don't feature a lot about Mike. What? Like, there's a full interview with Eli Roth. What? Talking about, talking about each of the killers. Eli yeah, Roth. And that's cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, but still, what? What? I don't know. What's he have to do with it? <sighs> and the transfer, like, on the Blu-ray, it isn't great. Mm. Like... Trick Show just, you know, I like Trick Show a lot. I thought they were a really good company, but they never were known for their <laughs> remastering, you know? Well, it was all about the, the goodies that came with it. Mm, not really. It was about just putting these movies out that weren't necessarily available, yeah. you know? <laughs> Which I'll take that before I take anything else. But yeah. I would love a Scream Factory or an Arrow or something like that. Really give each of the killer like the 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 double disc star <laughs> treatment it deserves, you come, know? Come on. Come on, Arrow Video. Yeah, you've been putting out Mike stuff, Arrow. Yeah, Arrow has put on some great editions of. They put movies. out Audition. Oh yeah. They put out the Dead Alive box set. They put out the Black Society box set. Come on, just do it. We need, we need a great edition of Ichi the Killer. 
But do artwork, double disc, poster. I want it all. I want the works. <laughs> Day one buy for sure. <laughs> and, and get us a, a tongue too. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be cool. I'm pretty sure, like, if you search like Germany or something like that, there's probably yeah. some cool editions of. I'm talking about like one that's easily gotten. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's Takashi Miike, man. He's kind of hard to talk about. His movie, like I said, because his movies are real narratively loose. <laughs> I want to make this joke so bad. What? Speaking of loose, <laughs> next week's episode. Oh, no, no, no. That's not next week's episode. Oh, it's not, it's not no, no, week. no, no. You're skipping ahead. Oh, god dang it. We got one more episode to go. Oh, okay. And then we get into that one. <laughs> it wouldn't be next week either way. It'd be two weeks from now. Um, <laughs> unless you want to do that one next. Uh, sure. Let's look at the schedule. Grab the schedule. Put the mic down. Go get the schedule. I'll, I'll keep the folks... Uh, um, company. Yeah, Takashi Miike's narratives are real loose. Like that's something I've always noticed about him. Oh man, wait, yeah. uh, What do you want to do? They can't hear you, but. Uh, I mean, it's birthday, the next one. Yeah. You want to do it then? Sure. You want to do the next episode? Postpone Cannibals. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you just heard it now, folks. This is probably something we should have cut out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't, because <laughs> we're the shittiest podcast <laughs> on iTunes. We're on iTunes, man. You know that? Yeah, we're on iTunes. Why are we on iTunes? Like, there's probably really good podcasts <laughs> out there. We pay them money. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably really good podcasts out there that don't have iTunes. But yeah, Takashi Mika, his his narratives are always really loose. It's all more about visuals and moments than it is about the whole story. Yeah. But he's awesome. He's my favorite director. I've always loved him. I love all through the movies. Or buy them, mm-hmm. love them. But as, as, as I'm saying, now that we got it fixed, yeah, now it's fixed. Speaking of loose, speaking in two of, weeks. Speaking of loose, <laughs> two weeks. Ruffies. Hold on, let's let's oh, set God. up what happened. Okay. The next episode was supposed to be cannibals, which, which was going to do Man from Deep River, Campbell Ferox, and uh, Campbell Holocaust. Maybe we shouldn't have postponed this one because that, that's a big hitter. But we're postponing it. Too late. Okay. You've already announced it now. It's right, live on the podcast. I am not okay. putting this out. That is going to be switched. So that's going to be four weeks from now. Okay, stay tuned. The very next. That's going to be not the next episode. The episode after is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Four weeks sound makes it sound like it's going to be forever. <laughs> the next episode because we're bi-weekly, so it's every other every other week. So. The very next episode, by then, what's going to happen, man? What, what What's something big that's happening? Something big that's happening. To you. I will be 18 years old. Matt will be legal. <laughs> so, to celebrate <laughs> Matt's birthday, God dang it. to wish him a happy, happy birthday, we're reviewing Ruffy Hardcore Pornography. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what a roughie is, back in the 70s. Back in the good old 70s where... Back in the golden era of pornography. People say that, but as you, you told me, <laughs> it's just back shots and just... It's it's gross. Balls smacking. Yeah, but it, they call it the golden era because they actually had plots and shit. <laughs> like, they actually made them like, they actually made them like movies. Wait, what do you mean? There's the... <laughs> um, but a niche market was these brutal roughies. That involved rape and murder. And other disgusting stuff. And this was all designed to, to jerk it to. Right? So we'll be covering three infamous roughies. 
And what are those, John? It'd be The Farmer's Daughters. Ugh. The Taming of Rebecca. Ugh. And probably the most well-known ruffie of all time, Forced Entry. Ugh. So. Just the name of those titles gross me out. <laughs> that means next week I get the enjoyment of rewatching a couple of those. Do you have walk on your door? <laughs> <laughs> the most confused your dick will ever be. <laughs> um. So that's the next episode. Hardcore pornography on the Sick on Cinema podcast. And to, to everyone listening, I apologize for switching that out because <laughs> you guys are probably like, oh, you know, maybe you guys are talking about cannibals being next and we're switching for porn. Porn. So this is a preemptive warning that will be on the next episode as well. Shit's going to get vulgar. <laughs> it's going to get real bad. We're going to talk about some filthy shit. <laughs> and, and possibly literally. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> one of them in particular does have bodily fluids in it. <laughs> it's gonna be a good time. If it has any breast milk in it, I get, I <laughs> guarantee you, <laughs> John will be. So dead that's ass. what's happening next. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of us, email us at sickoncinema at gmail dot com, and also on our social media at sickoncinema. And then it's on Twitter and Instagram, and we might get a Facebook page soon. We might one of these days. You know? One of these days. I'm not really interested in Facebook all that much. I don't go on Facebook very often. I don't either. <laughs> Facebook. So, watch Each of the Killer. I'm John. I'm up. You've been listening to the podcast that's about to review porn. Sick on cinema. We've reached a new low. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>